You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. What a last 24, 22 hours have been in Tucson with the passing of Ludolson. Both of us knew him very well, Jay Gonzalez and, and myself. Uh, we're going to take the next hour to... Uh, to tribute, pay tribute to Lute Olson. Uh, celebrate him. Celebrate you know, him, yes. we, we, we do. I mean, it's a sad day, but, you know, it's uh, you know it's time to celebrate because, you know, Lute was that kind of a guy, and that's, you know, that's what we owe him. Right, right. Brought a lot of joy to this community. Sure did, you know, and we can, we'll talk about this some more, but, uh, you know, change Tucson. Just so we start the show, we're going to have uh, Josh Pastner, obviously a former coach with Lute, former player under Lute. We're going to have Corey Williams, a former player under Lute, and then Tom Dudleson, his sports information director back in the day. For all the years. Yes. But first, uh, we have some big news. We're going to do this now. Why wait? Well, we, you know, we we had hoped to, you know, be able to break this to you and, you know, with a big celebration at the end of the show, but, you know, we're going to, we wanted, uh, you know, to dedicate this show to Lute, but we do have a big announcement, so we're going to make it now. And so we wanted to let everybody know that uh, today is our last day on KVOI because we're taking our talents to Fox Sports 1450 starting Tuesday. I saw, you sound like LeBron. I am. Taking well, our talents to South Beach. I've been wanting to do that for a really <laughs> long time. <laughs> yeah, we start Tuesday. Should be a lot of fun. Tuesday, we're going to be on a on a sports channel, which is exciting for us. And we've got a new time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be in the middle of the day at three o'clock, three o'clock to four o'clock. We'll still be in an hour initially. But uh, you know, I be, I was looking at it, and we're kind of batting cleanup, Steve. I don't know if you, if I've uh, expressed that to you, but we're batting cleanup on the Fox Sports lineup because yes. they've, they've got uh, Dan Patrick at uh, you know two of the top shows. You know, in sports radio, uh, mm-hmm. Dan Patrick, it's from six to nine. Then from nine to noon, it's uh, Colin Cowherd, the herd. And then it's Doug Gottlieb from noon to three. And then we're up. And we're then batting we're up. fourth. So we better hit a home run or two. Well, we need to, but, uh, you know, we're excited. They're excited over at Fox Sports uh, 1450. And so we're, you know, we're headed over. I'd like to say, too, I've been here 20 months. Uh, you've been here four. We, we, we asked, we didn't ask the blessings, but the people of the Bustos Media. We're happy for us. Incredibly supportive, and you know we do want to give a shout out to the people we've been working with here. Patty, Patty Ruiz, the the station manager who I've known for a hundred years. Ray Engineeri, who's I've known his family because I went to high school with his mm-hmm. with his dad and his uncles. Um, our you know the program director, Elsa Martinez, are the you know who's done the accounting and stuff over here. Uh, and then Tom Callahan, who's been on the other side of the glass four out of five days of the week. And then Tom Fairbanks, who's over there today here on our last day. Spinning can, our I, tunes. can I offer my uh, congratulations to you guys? It sure. Sounds like a move up to me. You didn't know, did you? No. Yeah, we yeah. No. yeah we, That's a complete surprise. Break, breaking news for Tom, but uh, Tom I, Callahan knew, and, you know, I was supposed to bring him donuts yesterday, but I think that would have kind of given away the surprise. But uh, we're, look, I, I, and I too, I, you know, I want to second what Steve said. You know, uh, I've only been here a few months, but. These people have been great. They've been a lot of fun, um, very easy to work with. They kind of let us, you know, do what we do. Mm-hmm. And again, very supportive. When we broke the news, Patty was kind of, you know, was kind of bummed. But and but uh, again, you know, they congratulated us and we're on well, our way. I'm going to have to set a new button on my radio dial. What is it? 1450, 1450 on yeah, the AM band. And that was a big deal. We're going three to four with a good chance of going three to five on a sports station. On a sports and station. And they understood that. Right. And they did. And, you know, you know we... 
we've got a lead in some great shows leading into our show. Um, we're we're going to be doing the same thing though. We want everybody to know that we're going to be doing doing the show that we do. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons we're going over there because they want that show. So we're going over there with Steve Earnhardt, who's the uh, market president for iHeart. It's an iHeart station, so you'll be able to listen to us on the iHeart app. Our podcast will be on there, so that'll be a good thing. And then Nick Bruns, who we all know as Meatball, will mm-hmm. be our. Um, our uh, our program director over there and we've been working with him and we've got our own studio we got to doll it up a little bit uh you know decorated posters and stuff like that but we'll be uh, in our own studio over there on uh at iheart should be a lot of fun with the same type of guests so we're looking forward to it we are september 1st so join us if you can starting us, tuesday yes 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 so let's get back to the little olsen tribute you covered him for a couple of years you've had some good times and some tough times right well you know like look again you know lou was a very competitive guy and he you know he had high expectations of himself we had high expectations of the people who were around the program whether you were a media guy uh, a coach a player a fan and and so sometimes you know you you you, you butted you, heads you butted heads a little bit, but you know my memory and will always be of what a great job he did, how much fun it was to cover him, and uh, and how much fun it was to cover the team during that time. Yeah, no question. I think the one thing that he requested of us, the media, was to be fair. Right. It's all he kind of asked. You know, there were times when he thought that some of us were not fair, but. Fair is kind of debatable. Sure it is. And, you know, look, sometimes you're going to write stuff that people don't like, but as long as you write it well and you write it fair and it's factual, they're good. But, you know, there were a lot of things that that Lou did, you know, for me, both, you know, to learn. as mm-hmm. I, you know, I was a brand new sports writer. You know, I mean, I'd been a, I'd been a reporter for, you know, for a few years. But it was, it was this was my first gig doing sports. And I, and I was covering a team that... To this day, I think stands as probably the most loved team, the 1988 team. You never forget your first one. Everything that everything that U of A basketball has been and is now started then, and I was and sure. I was privileged to have been a part of that. Mm-hmm, no question. Uh, I tweeted this last night when I had time to to kind of reflect a little on a little tweet that I would not be the the reporter kind of writer that I am because people remember a winner. Right. I was able to cover a winner for a long time. Right. So they associated me with, even my mom says, you're doing a U of A story today? You know, kind of, they, they think I'm part of the team. Right. And I'm really not. I'm just there all the time. Right. But so they kind of said, well, if I would have covered like uh, 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 State West and they were 0-27, and 27, they wouldn't know who the heck I am. Sure. But because they were good, I was able to do a lot of positive stories. Right. You know, and the thing that I really <clears throat> I really want to say about Lude and what I, I said on social media is, you know, what he did for Tucson. And, you know, I'm a native here. I was born here. And, you know, if you just ever wonder what he has done, just think about what Tucson would be like, what our image would be mm-hmm. if he hadn't done what he did. And if, if somebody wants to minimize how important Arizona basketball has been to Tucson because it's basketball and because it's sports, sorry. It was a big deal. We, as I said, we hold our head up a little higher because of basketball. the pride that we've had in this basketball program. You, you know this because you've done other things other than sports. People recognize the A because Arizona basketball was the A. They do. They do. You know. Yeah. I mean, you'll talk to people who don't know anything about you oh, or anything that, about the Tucson, and they'll say, "Oh, you guys have a really good basketball team." Yeah, the uh, white-haired guy. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Guy, that, that guy. You know, and everywhere you go, and 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 again, there's a lot of pride that Tucson has because we've been able to hang our hat on the attention that we got of being a winner.
No question, no question. And they're still hanging on to it, baby. They we'll still hang on to it forever and ever. You know what? It'll and it'll always be here. You know, it'll it will it will always be that, and you'll be able to talk about Tucson like that forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. Sad day yesterday, but we're going to tribute to, or pay tribute to Lute's long career, successful career, five hundred eighty nine wins against one hundred like forty seven. I, I was thinking about that today. For every game they lost, they won three. So you know how locker rooms are. Very difficult to get get into when they lose, but if you're going to win three out of four, I'll take that. Yeah, all day. Yeah, all day, all day. Let's let's take the quick break here now. I think we're getting a hold of Josh and uh, get him on the show. Yep, I'm looking forward to talking to these guys, Josh, Corey Williams, and uh, our old friend Tom Duddleston. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone we have, I'd like to say one of the famous sons or um, popular sons of Arizona basketball, Josh Pastner. He happens to be the coach at Georgia Tech. Josh, how are you? Hey, Steve, I'm doing well. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I wish we were, you know, talking about uh, the upcoming college basketball season, not about the subject that we're going to talk about. But However, that being said, it's a great opportunity to to um, to reminisce, you know, to reminisce, talk to reminisce, good share some stories. And I do want to say for the listeners out there, and 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 and, and Steve, you know this, you know Steve, you you covered Coach Olson, you wrote books with him. I mean, you've 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 known him intimately for a long time, and and I know he was a big fan of yours, and you know that as well too. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Uh, just a fun time. I th- I also thought that you were kind of almost like a son to him. Uh, he talked about that poetically before you left to Kentucky, uh, and you you loved it. I can still remember you kissing kissing the ground uh, your senior day, uh, the, the the you know the court and the crying and the hugging and all that. Just what he meant to you. What did he mean to you? Well, you know, Coach Olson was the absolute best. Um, you know, I mean, look, the guy is one of the greatest ever, regardless of sport to ever coach and you don't get to the Naismith basketball hall of fame without being elite at, in his, in your profession. And he obviously is one of the greatest ever to do that. But more importantly, Steve, and I don't, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but he, he, he was as good of a coach and incredible coach as he was. He was an even a better person. I mean, and he was so charitable and, and you know how much he did in the community for Tucson. And I tell people all the time, he single-handedly put Tucson on the map in nationally, not for sports-wise, but just as an overall city. He built Tucson. He built the University of Arizona. He did that. I mean, he, he single-handedly did that. Yes, with the players and and the, and then and and his, and his coaches, 
but 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 he's responsible for that and he was a rock star in the state of Arizona. He was uh, he was like equivalent to an A-list movie star when he walked into places all across the state. People were just in all of him, starstruck, enamored, and that's just kind of the level of 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 who he was. And and he was almost you know larger than life in a sense. And and he he was also at the same time one of the most kind human beings. Uh, ever. Josh, this is Jay Gonzalez. We we did meet a... After your coaching career started, I remember seeing you, and you, I think you had three or four cell phones hanging off your belt <laughs> or something like that, but uh, you know, when you when you think about your relationship with him as a player, then your relationship with him as a coach, and then you became a head coach, you know, how... Talk about your... the How your relationship evolved, you know, at those, at those stages. Well, Jay, uh, I, and I do, re- I, I do remember, and, and, and let me just say this, I've narrowed, I've, I've become more efficient. No longer do I have four <laughs> cell phones. I'm down, I'm down to two. I'm only down to two now. So, um, but no, you know, look, I, I got to see coach from different angles. Um, one as a player, two as a staff member, and then three as a head coach that's under his tree uh, at, uh, at another program. So I've had different phases to be, to be around them. And, and, and the one thing I try to do personally is study him, um, watch him, uh, emulate him as much as I can. Uh, I mean, and, and, and not only from up close, but also from afar. And, um, you know, I still today at my practices at Georgia Tech, the terminology, practice plans, um, uh, strategically, systematically, that a lot of stuff that we do is a direct reflection from what, we did at Arizona when I was with coach Olson and, and we tried to put that into, into uh, play here at Georgia tech or prior when I was at Memphis. So um, all that being said, uh, um, I mean, he's had a tremendous influence. I mean, look guys, I, I wouldn't be sitting here as a head coach at Georgia tech without coach Olson. I mean, there's just, it's in, 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 in my world, in my profession to be a head coach, the youngest head coach in the ACC uh, and previously to be the head coach at Memphis, uh, it's like winning the Powerball in a sense, you know what I mean, and, and to equivalent of that, and to do that in this profession, and that doesn't happen without Coach Olson. I mean, he opened doors for me, gave me incredible opportunities, and I cannot put any words to ever describe uh, my feelings and gratitude and to be fully indebted to him. For, for the doors that he opened. You, you went in the lottery, and I'm looking for a $10 scratcher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, how difficult was it to tell him that you were going to leave to join uh, Calipari? You know, uh, that, that, that was hard. I mean, um, and, um, and you know, right when I left, um, Steve, and you, you know, you'll, you'll remember this, uh, I left in the, in the spring to go join Coach Calipari, and actually the next fall, Coach had retired or mm-hmm. sat down or retired right before so it worked itself out, um, and um, uh, but but I at the time it was a, it was a great opportunity, and I didn't know how much longer coach was going to go. Um, you know, I didn't know at that time, and so I also felt it had been good for me to continue to learn and got a chance to learn from Coach Calipari. I'm so blessed and fortunate to do that. Another Hall of Famer, so I was able to have learn from two Hall of Fame guys. But 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 it was it was when I had to tell coach that I was leaving. I, that was this the second hardest call I've had to do in my life. The first hardest call was just a few days ago, being able to get on the phone um, and tell coach how I felt because I had heard he wasn't 
doing well and, you know, it might not be much longer. And I had to be able – and every time I talked to Coach, I told him how I felt, that I owe him everything and I love him and he's the greatest. But that call on Monday was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Um, and the second hardest was telling him that I was leaving from – from um, you know, from from Arizona to to go with Coach Calipari. So, Josh, give us your Lute Olson moment as a as a player. You know, when you, you know, a time that you got oh. his, his attention for better or worse. You know, what's your, you know, uh, when you think back to your career as a player, give me the moment that you think about I, him. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a good one, and Steve will probably remember this. Um, but um, look, everyone wanted a Passner game. You know, they all wanted to pass the game because, because that means I was, we were up, you know, I only got, I, I was a walk-up. So I only, I only got in games when we were up 25 or, you know, 30. And, and, the, and, and everyone wanted to pass for a game. That means the entire economy in Tucson for that evening was, was, was booming because the restaurants, the bars were hopping, that, you know, people were, were, were ready to spend a lot of, because everyone was in good feelings because we just won a game by a large margin. And you know how that just, that, that energy affected the city. So, so, I always played in the games where up 2025. Make a long story short, we're playing LSU my senior year. We're number one in the country. And we're playing an 11 a.m. game on national television. It's down in Baton Rouge. Look, most of our team, our guys are from Southern California. And in LSU, it's their, their, their mascots, the Tigers. Tiger, yeah. And right about 20, 25 feet from us, there's this large uh, live tiger in this cage going crazy in the cage, and our guys are, like, looking around, like, what is going on? <laughs> and I just knew, you know, I mean, most of you guys are, you know, they're, they're, they're most from being on the beach all the time, you know? And so, anyway, we got our butts kicked. It was an ambush. It was an ambush. We, uh, it was over. I mean, it was over early. Anyway, late in the second half, and Steve will remember this, I started lacing my shoes up, thinking I'm going I'm going to go in, getting ready to go, because we were down 25. It was going to be a passer game, but on the uh, reverse, the reverse the reversal of it, you know, we we're going to be on the losing side. So, you know, the clock was ticking down. The game ended. I never, Coach Olson never put me in. The next day on the plane, uh, I was walking by Coach Olson, and Steve knows this. Coach Olson's hands, like he had huge hands and, yeah. and big fingers, and, and and he kind of grabbed me on my thigh. I was walking by, and he says, "Hey, Josh, I just want to apologize to you," because um, he stopped me and he said, "I want to apologize to you for not." putting you in the game. And I'm thinking to myself, coach, that, you know, and he says, but I wanted you to be able to leave the university of Arizona to be able to, for you to be able to tell your kids and grandkids that you left here as an undefeated player. <laughs> right, right, and, right. and, and I left Arizona for my four years playing as an undefeated player. It was 42 and zero. that means we had 42 blowout wins. And, 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 but to think at that time for him to think about that, about me, about that, to even think of that little thing like that, that just shows you what the kind of man he is. Now, I haven't been able to reciprocate. I look back now as a head coach going into my 12th season. When we've been up the times we've had been fortunate to be up by 20 or 25, I don't put anyone in. To, I leave the starters in until about 30 seconds. So I don't know how coach was thinking <laughs> put me in without two minutes to go because I can't do that. So, um, but anyway, that was one of the stories with coach, man. Just an incredible, incredible human being to do, to even think about that. We have a little over a minute and a half left. So your best moment, or what's your, just him, your thoughts on him uh, moving forward in terms of, you know, what's his legacy with you? Well, I mean, look, I mean, Steve, I mean, you, you can talk about the wins. I mean, think about the players he's coached both. I mean, everyone, I mean, how hard he was on the guys, but every player loved him. But, Steve, I don't think this gets talked about enough, and I know I'm coming up on time, and you know this, 
Bobby Bobby yeah, Olson's yeah. first wife when she died, she died of ovarian cancer. And at that time, ovarian cancer, if someone got ovarian cancer, is pretty much a death sentence. And, um, um, and, but because of that, Coach went on a mission, and the money he raised for science, for research, and awareness, that he, they, they, it has changed ovarian cancer. And no longer is it a death sentence. The science, the medicine, the treatments are so much better and I don't think Coach Olson gets enough credit for that either. And because, as you know, Steve, he was on a man on a mission to try to find a, right. a cure for that because of what happened with Bobby. So, you know, that's just a little another part of his legacy that he's, in, that he's impacted in such an incredible positive way. No question. That's great, Josh. Thanks so much for that. We, you know, we do appreciate it. And, you know, we love him here. And, you know, as you said, he did a lot of great stuff for Tucson. And, and, and let me just say this, Jay, you're, you're, and Jay, you're awesome. And, and Steve, I want to give Steve a great, because Steve covered Coach, the team, and Steve, and, and I know Coach loves Steve. And, 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 and Steve was a huge, huge, you know, part of the basketball. I mean, I, I look at Steve as my friend of mine. I know I'm coming up on time. We, we, we got to cut he, it, Josh. He's an, he, he's an awesome guy. Thank so you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Josh. Got to go. Thank All you. Right, guys. Hi, I'm Ron Hess from the Window Depot. You know about our great prices and our biggest inventory on windows and doors. Well, now the Window Depot is the place for all your kitchen cabinets. And that's not all. Now you can get granite countertops at the Window Depot. That's right, we now stock a large variety of prefab granite countertops starting at $116 for a nine-foot section. That's less than Formica. So come into the Window Depot today, because now we have granite. Camille Rivas Rutherford with Coldwell Banker Realty has been one of the top producing real estate agents in Tucson, Oro Valley, Marana, and Vail for more than 20 years. Let her help you find your dream home in Southern Arizona. Her passion and enthusiasm for real estate has helped her become one of the most respected and trusted realtors in the area. And she was recently named a recipient of Coldwell Banker's 2019 International President Circle Award. Camille's approach to sales and marketing and selling or buying a home is second to none. Give her a call at 520-250-5192. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have Corey Williams, a great friend of the program, former U of A player, kind of a diplomat in town, and one of those guys who does a lot of things in the community. Corey, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Tough, tough, fine, thank you. Tough 22 hours, I assume. You had a great thing, a great tribute on loot this week, or yesterday or today, uh, with your little videos and your sayings. Just, just what did he mean to you? You know, I thought about that because obviously when the news hit, I was extremely upset and I was trying to get a hold of my feelings and figure out why and what was bothering so me so much. You know, Coach was 85 and we had kind of got a you know heads up and things weren't looking so well so we were expecting it but when it hit it just realized that you know some of the best moments of my young my youth some of the best moments of my life he was at the center of or around or responsible for or involved with and when you lose somebody who is part of those memories who pushed you to create a lot of memories afterwards it's just it's just weird. Coach was that central figure for all of us spanning two and a half decades. He was the glue. He was all of our father, stepfather, uncle, friend, business partner. He was everything to all of us. And so he was the center of everything as far as our basketball universes, 
concerned and for him to for us to lose him it's just it's just devastating for everybody. Corey, this is Jay Gonzalez. You <clears throat> you played on one of the great teams, uh, you know, the, one of the final four teams that was here, and you know that came on the heels of what was probably could have been Lute's t- you know toughest time as a coach, you know, coming off that Santa Clara loss. And you know, talk about the you know the atmosphere around the program, and then just the way you guys did what you did that year. Well, I can remember the year before, we were so loaded with talent, lots of NBA players everywhere you looked on that 92 team, the 92-93 team. And, you know, everyone had to trust Luke. It was, you know, his program. He was the storied coach. He was the boss, and we all had to trust him. And then we had the first-round loss. And then the second year, everyone said it was a down year. Everyone said Arizona doesn't have a veteran big man. They've got the guards out front, but this team looks different than what we've seen. And it was a changing of mentality because coach had to trust us and it became a two way street. And I can tell you being a 19 year old kid and having someone like Lute Olson turn to you and say, I need you to do this, this, and this for me. That had never happened before for any of us on that team. So we knew that for the first time, coach's position, he was always going to be a Hall of Fame coach, but people were questioning him. Mm -hmm. They were questioning our program, and there was a real need for him to trust us. If you guys come down and have an open shot, take it. Some of the rules and constraints of the program got loosened up that year, and that responsibility, we wanted to have his back in a way – that had never been done before because we knew he's never been in this position. We read the newspapers. We knew what people were saying about us and what they were saying about coach. And we love coach and we weren't going to stand for anybody questioning our leader. And so when he turned to us and said, okay, guys, we're going to play with three guards, Corey, you're going to play the four JB and Ray, you're going to do whatever the hell you can do to on, on the glass to rebound. I need you guys. Let's make this work. That was the first time. Like we were like, okay, we got it. We got to get coaches back now. So that was the mentality for that year, and that's the reason that team, which of all the teams I played on, if I could play all those teams, my freshman through senior year teams, that team would finish with the worst record in a round-robin tournament <laughs> against all those other teams. There's no question. There's no question. Now, Damon and Khalid were good, but <clears throat> night in and night out, my freshman, the freshman year team, Steve, you remember yes, that squad. We won 19 Mills. games. That's a, na- a national championship team. My senior year, we definitely were a Final Four team. My junior year with Ben Davis, Rayos, Joseph Blair, we end up in the Final Four again that year. So we had way more talented squads. We had the young guys on the bench, Dickerson, Simon, Jason Terry. We had better teams than that 94 team. That 94 team was kind of thin when you really look at it. But we had a purpose. And we were motivated, and that's all the difference. You had a purpose of the two guys that were very, very good that year. <laughs> and it all started in, in Maui with the uh, you know Maui tournament, losing to Kentucky in the last second. But uh, you guys found a way. I thought you're exactly right. Lute kind of loosened the reins, let the guys play ball, uh, gave them some, some, uh, some uh, responsibility, and you guys said, hey, we're not going to disappoint them, but watch us play. Yeah, it was really weird because I remember jo- I remember playing games where I would run rim to rim four times in a row and never touch the ball, yet we went on an 8-0 run. Because Damon hit a three, Lid made a layup, JB got a dunk, Ray hit a jump or a timeout, and I'm like, this is insane. This team can play with tempo, they can score. Like, 
it was a dream playing on that. The ball moved, and coach said, okay, Damon, you're lightning quick, and you can shoot. You can shoot the floater. You can get in the lane. Guys, do what you do. Because before that, coach would fit your strengths into the system. 94, the system was your strengths. If Rayos is a pick-and-pop guy, let's do that. We didn't have any pick-and-pop big men before Rayos. Rayos set a screen, step back, and shoot a three at six foot nine. I don't recall Wayne Womack shooting threes. <laughs> right, I, mean, right. I know he, I know, I know he could, but that wasn't that wasn't the system. It wasn't Sean Rooks out there. So he let he really did uh, adjust as a coach, which is very difficult, you know. And, and when I call games, I know coaches' styles, and I know they don't deviate much from their styles. They may they may even change schools. But they keep their systems, right? No question. Let me say this: I think one of his greatest strengths, and and you were part of this, he knew how to evaluate talent. He may not; other people may not have seen it, but he saw it and made it better. He could evaluate talent, and the funny thing about talent, you got to look at it like jelly beans in a jar. If you got a jar full of jelly beans, but that lid is, you can't get that lid off then it does you no good. And that lid represented a player's attitude. That's where Luke succeeded. He could measure someone's attitude. He could look at their talent and then to figure out whether or not he could maximize their potential. He was a character guy. So you could give him a player. We've had players that were loaded with talent that transferred away from Arizona because mentally they weren't tough enough. They couldn't stand the system. They didn't want to play his way. So what good is the talent if it doesn't make the whole program better? So where he was good at identifying talent, he was also good at identifying talent that could be harnessed, talent that could be developed. Mental guys that were mentally tough, guys that had good character, go to class, stay out of trouble, you know, be available for the program. That's, I think, where one of his strengths was too. And the reason I can say that is because all of us, are the best of friends, and some of us never even played with each other. And yeah. that's amazing. You know, I heard Matt Muehlbach pretty much saying the same thing. So, Corey, you know, I mean, it, it, when you have somebody like that in your life, you know, there's so many things that you can point to that, you know, where there was an, an impact. But if you could pinpoint one greatest lesson or experience that you had with loot, you know, whether it was while you were playing or after, what would that be? One of the toughest things, one of the things I figured out quickly, because I was a very smart kid when I was in college, was the loot Olsen system was like being in the military. It was my way or the highway. Everybody around you was trying to get promoted, move up in rank, and you just had to wait your turn. And waiting your turn can be really difficult when you feel like you're a sophomore and you're good enough to play, but you're sitting behind other guys that are better. Coach dictated the terms in which you receive playing time. For some guys, it was defense. For some guys, it was rebounding. For some guys, it was scoring. And it wasn't the same for everyone. And it used to drive me nuts because I was one of the best scorers at Arizona as a freshman. And I'm not even trying to boast. I could put the ball in the hoop as a freshman. Could not guard a fence. I could guard a mailbox. So coach looked at me and said, I don't care about your threes. I don't care about your dunks. I don't care about your athleticism. Until you can defend and rebound, you won't play at Arizona. So one of the lessons that coach taught me that has helped me ever since was in life, you don't get what you want until your superiors are happy. Until your superiors are satisfied and get what they need, then that's when you get what you need. And that attitude, whether you're in corporate America 
whether you're working for yourself, you always have to identify what's being desired from me. Can I perform? Can I deliver? Do I get the promotion, the opportunity, the ability, whatever it is you're waiting on? You have to understand there's someone above you that needs something, and it's your job to supply it, or someone else will. And that someone could be Mike Dickerson or Miles, Bid, Miles off the bench or Joe McClain. We were loaded with All-Americans. So either you're going to do it or someone else will. Either these are your minutes and your playing time and your opportunity, or it will go to someone else. But what we're not going to do is give you anything that you didn't earn. And I left Arizona knowing that every minute, every bucket I ever scored, I earned. I played with some of the best players in the country. So I knew I was coming from a place of real competition and real skill. So when I went out into the regular world, I realized same thing applies. Figure out what you want, who has it, who can give it to you, figure out how to earn it. We got, and I would say that's it. we got about 30 seconds, and I want to ask this because you knew her very well. I think the best recruit he ever had in his 25 years was Bobby Olson. And, and, and what she meant to the program, what she meant to you, her, her place on the program. Tell me real quick, maybe 30 seconds. Bobby Olson was amazing. I mean, when you talk about what it takes to get my mom to let me go 2,000 miles away, it's a woman like Bobby Olson. It's the fact that you can look at her and she's so genuine. You know she cares about your son, and you're about to send your son to go play in a program that is co-headed by a woman. And that, I don't even <laughs> joke about that. Everyone knows Everyone knows she was on staff. She, she literally told me one, one week, she goes, I like the way you're playing. I'm going to talk to Luther, and you're going to play more this weekend. I'm damned if I, I swear to God, it was the Cal road trip. I was in the rotation. I looked at Damon. I said, are you kidding me? He said, man, and Bobby get in coach's ear. Crazy stuff that happened. So she was, she was the force, and her, her, her nature, her, her ability, her personality, it allowed – mothers and families to feel like we're sending our son somewhere like where he's from and that was huge that's that's great Corey. It's so, such a great tribute to him and 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 to bobby you know the the family and the whole family i mean we all love the you know the whole clan so hey Corey, thanks so much for joining us we really do appreciate appreciate this you know the best of luck in in everything we're doing and you know what we're glad you're still here in tucson man well thank you i appreciate it. you guys take care thank you Corey. appreciate it Let's take a quick break. Final break here on 1030 The Voice. Talk to Tom Duddleston on the other side. Where you bank really does matter. Hughes Federal Credit Union is proud to be recognized by Forbes as one of Arizona's best credit unions three years in a row. This national recognition highlights our commitment to high-quality products and services, our customer service, digital services, and financial advice. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer low rates on loans, lower fees, and many free services. Make the switch. Join Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org best. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Wine the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have Tom Duddleson, the former SID at U of A. Tom, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you joining us. You know, when, when I got the news last night, <clears throat> the first person I thought of that we needed to get on the show was you. I think, you know, I think it's safe to say that you were probably the, you know, the person at the U of A who was around him the longest. You were there from the, from the, from start to finish. And I just wanted to, you know, give you a chance to, you know, to, you know, give a little tribute to him and just some of your thoughts on, on him. And I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where you would start in, in talking about how you feel about loot. I saw the picture of you on your bike at the, at the statue today. I mean, just what's going through your head today? Well, it's, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm uh, sending my condolences to Kelly and Vicki and Jody and Christy and Steve and Christine, his ex-wife and all the other people, uh, and his family. Um, you know, what a great guy. I mean, wonderful people is what, what he was all about. I mean, I got to meet you guys. I got to meet uh, uh, the succession of players that could be on this show or have been. Uh, just just picture those people. I mean, you're talking about four- or five-year players at the University of Arizona under a Hall of Fame coach. Stunning, stunning time. Uh, I, I feel for the family. Yeah, Doug, let me tell you, I, I thought I said to him a couple times recently that I thanked him for letting the kids grow up, and it helped you with your job, I think, where you, we had total access, which made, I think, yeah. everybody's job easier. Yeah, that he, was... That was way better for than the, and it was a different time. Obviously, uh, people came to college for four years, five years, uh, and you know, media access was crucial to to our operation. I, I, I have to credit Butch Henry, my boss, when I first started there, uh, for for being a guy who understood that you guys had to get in the locker room and and talk to our players. And when, when you limited it to a handful of guys on a podium, then you missed all the other stories that you just might have overheard if you were in the locker room. So, Dud, take us back to 1983. You, you start, started working in the department. I think he had just gotten there. First impression. First impression of Lute Olson. Well, fortunately, uh, it, was, it was shared. I mean, I, my first impression was, holy smokes, athletics is a, a whirlwind compared to what I'd been doing at the university main campus info office. You know, I'm, I'm traveling to Washington for football and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lute was a, 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 a careful man, gracious man, generous, uh, proud, prideful. Um, you know, you could tell he was great. I mean, he knew what he wanted, but he gave us a little bit of space to help him build the kind of uh, media coverage that we wanted him to have and uh, that you guys enjoyed. If he trusted you, you were good. <laughs> True? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. And, 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 and I, I, I did have some run-ins with him uh, later, and uh, it cost me a few years with him. Fortunately, I missed the East Tennessee State game. <clears throat> I missed the Santa Clara game. Some of those games. I don't even famous, remember that. <laughs> famous losses, you know, those famous losses. Yeah. I, I, was, I was at home in Tucson enjoying, enjoying that stuff on the radio. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was a great run. And um, Lute, Lute just had the best stuff. My, 1987, we go to, uh, we were number one for the first time ever right, right. When, we were, when we were at Washington. On a on a Sunday Tuesday game, so people are whining about the the calendar. Sunday Tuesday, Washington Washington State, number one after beating Washington. Of course, we had beaten number one Syracuse, 
uh, a couple weeks earlier in number nine, Michigan, a couple weeks earlier at the great Alaskan shootout, uh, loot at breakfast at the, at the red, uh, Bellevue red lion in, 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 in Bellevue, you know, come on, number one, he goes, Oh yeah. Okay. what's the one thing that you think you could tell people about loot that maybe everybody doesn't already know i probably couldn't tell everybody (laughs) (laughs) we we had a great time with him a couple of times uh one time we're watching the uh america's cup in Fremantle, australia uh at two or three o'clock in the morning because it was live in australia we're at the uh, Valley River Run uh, overnight with George Khalil and Steve Condon and Bobby and, and maybe uh, Schroeder, one of his buddies. Uh, and it just we just kept going on and on. And, and thanks to Khalil's pocketbook, uh, we had uh, libation. But you know who who sits in a hotel room with a, a head coach like that until three o'clock in the morning watching a sailing? <laughs> uh, so it was just awesome. And so many times like that, I just I, just, I got to uh, take my family on some of his trips, paid for the kids, but my wife got to go to Europe under Nike's tab. You know, we had a good we had a good run with that guy. A lot of wins, a lot of wins. I think that's the staple, you know, and not just big wins. He 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 had teams that would just bury you, and they enjoyed he, burying you. Hey, that, that 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 Alaska shootout. They won three games by eighty-one points against good teams. Five yeah. over Duquesne, you know, eleven, fifteen over Michigan, eleven over number one Syracuse. And Syracuse had uh, Sherman Douglas and Stephen Thompson and Derek Coleman and Ronnie Cycli. Michigan had uh, uh, five, seven NBA. Guys yeah, and Glenn Rice, a whole bunch Lloyd of guys. Bott, uh, Rumel Robinson, blah blah blah. After that Alaska shootout, we were we knew we were going to be number one, but we just kind of wondered when it would happen. Yeah. Happen a week later. Well, that was you know again the the magical year that that we'll always talk about. You know, we went through that together, and that was to me. I mean, again, I've, I think I've said a number of times that was the highlight of my journalism career. Dud, we appreciate you joining us today. This has been you know, there, there, I mean, we there's, we don't have enough time to talk say all the things that we'd love to say, but you know, you you got to spend a lot of time with them, and and uh, we do appreciate you, you know, joining us and sharing some of that stuff with us. Yeah, I'm happy to join because hey. uh, because when they have this. Uh, the memorial service. You and uh, you guys and me. We're not going to be on the on the on the on the roster. I don't think we're going to be on the podium. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks, hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Right. Thanks a whole bunch. Stay well. Okay, love you guys. That was Tom Dudleston, a former SID at U of A, covering Arizona basketball. Back to some news from us. Yeah, you know, I, I got to say that, that gave me kind of, kind of gave me some tingles there. Yeah, you know, it, thinking it, about that. You know, we were in we were in Alaska together. That was thirty two years and ago, and that was the start of all of this. You were thinner then. I was way thinner, and I was way younger. My hair was still black, and uh, we just had such a great time. But uh, you know, big memories, and I, I know we'll talk about it some more. But this was a, this was a, a, a great nice to, show. to go through this with these guys. Yes, but yes. Guys, it's a it's a it's going to be a new day for us uh, starting next week. Starting Tuesday, we'll be at Fox Sports fourteen fifty. Right, and uh, we you know we want everybody who's been listening to you know to follow us over there. We'll be at three in the afternoon. Um, you know, you can if you're at your desk working from home, put us on on the iHeart app on your computer, on your phone, on your iPad or whatever. You'll have a lot more access to us. You'll be able to you know, follow us and see. You know, we're we're going to have a podcast on iHeart. I mean, there's some big time people over. 
over there. Right, right. We were visited today. We're pretty excited. Yeah, you know, we got to again, got to go to our studio. We got to move in and 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 do some stuff. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a few challenges at the start, but we're gonna be you know we're gonna be ready to go and you know kind of get used to the new digs and hopefully you know again that you guys will follow us and we we appreciate the support that we've gotten and, so and far. Thanks again to Bustos for allowing us to do this once again. Exactly, Bustos has been great to us. You know, this has been my first run. It's only been a few months. I feel like I've been here forever, but there've been some great people here and uh, we really you know enjoyed the time and we hope that uh, again we hope that you'll follow us over there because I think we're gonna we're gonna keep bringing you a good show and if we do good we'll get, we'll get you a second hour yes and, yes, we, and yes. you'll hear you'll hear more of us and we'll keep getting great guests like this we're gonna keep going with this we right. do we do hope you'll join us thanks everybody thanks for listening to 1030 the voice thanks a whole bunch see you Tuesday <laughs>